0: Hi, and welcome along to another of our bite-sized and room Room podcasts. If you've tuned into one of our previous bite-sized and room podcasts, you'll remember that the aim of these shorter podcasts is to cover off some of the smaller topics relating to ruminant nutrition, animal health, and bits and pieces in a much shorter time frame than our typically longer podcasts. Anyway, enough said about that. First, to introduce myself if you're new to our podcasts, my name is Charlotte Westwood. I'm a veterinarian and ruminant nutritionist based here in Lincoln in Canterbury in New Zealand. Here goes a short topic all to do with rust on temperate grasses, so particularly ryegrass and tall fescues as examples of grasses that sometimes are affected by rust. Now at the time of recording this podcast we're heading into autumn here in New Zealand and after what feels like a very long summer being too dry in parts of the lower South Island and very much too wet in the North Island we've had what you could only call a very changeable weather patterns as we've moved uh, from mid to late summer and now into early autumn. Now, with the changeable weather, we've had extremes of too hot, too dry, too wet, and specifically with a lot of humidity, uh, as typically in the North Island regions of New Zealand. And because of this, at this time of year, you know, anywhere from the summer through to early autumn, it's not surprising that many of our grass species, as we mentioned, ryegrass, tall fescues as examples, End up turning a rather disconcerting shade of rusty brown, brown, orange, and certainly not that nice dark green, healthy looking. Green material in our pastures. Now, within industry, we of course call this a very basic term uh, applied to pasture, namely the term rust that we've already mentioned. And although you might not be looking specifically for evidence of rust in your pasture, you may, on the other hand, look down at your boots when you've walked across the pasture and you'll see a fairly decent covering of this kind of rusty coloured powdery stuff across your boots, um, socks, lower legs. So what's going on? What is this rusty stuff called? Well, this rust is actually a fungal infection that's attacking your poor lovely grasses in your pasture. Now the rust is strictly uh, one of two types of fungi that are closely related, either crown rust or its very rusty cousin stem rust. Now podcasts are always a bit of a laugh when we try to pronounce the scientific names for these fungi so I'm going to spare you my amateur efforts to try to pronounce either of the scientific names for crown and stem rust. You can always google them uh, for more information if you'd like and I'll certainly make sure those scientific names for rust end up in the notes uh, associated with this podcast. So where do we find Find these rusts throughout New Zealand? Well, apparently crown rust is found throughout New Zealand and is a more common type of rust that affects our grasses. On the other hand, stem rust tends to be more of a South Island issue and it's more often seen in the autumn and not so much during the summer. Now as a fungus, obviously a surge in this warm, humid weather sets off just the perfect conditions for rust to grow on your grasses. Now other factors aside from the weather is also any stress on your grasses. Now that might be to do with a bit of drought stress in those drier years, or otherwise sometimes if the plant is deficient in nitrogen can also be a bit of a, a risk factor there. Now, as well as that, it also is affected by the height and also the density of your pastures, possibly because if you've got taller pasture and it's quite dense, we get canopy closure over the top of the pasture and it forms quite a nice little microclimate, more moisture, more humidity, making that a lovely place for that rust fungus to hang out and to do its thing attacking your grasses. Anyway, this podcast, uh, Room and Room podcast, is of course supposed to be about all things to do with the animal, and we've gone wandering off on a totally different path about rust on grass. But here's the question that I know many of you have often wondered, should we be concerned about our grazing ruminant animals eating rust-affected pastures? Well look, the good news is, as far as animal health issues go directly related to crown or stem rust, there are no known specific animal health issues to do with those fungi as far as any animal-specific mycotoxins that might be associated with either crown or stem rust. So that's good news. That said, we do get some secondary or indirect unwanted consequences of rusty pastures. Now we'll step through these one by one. First up, rusty pastures don't grow as well as green, healthy grass. So that can make a bit of a dent in your feed budget. If you'd planned, for example, to be growing 40 kilograms dry matter per hectare per day from your grasses, because those grasses are very unhealthy, we're going to have a reduced pasture growth rate. So that might make a dent in your feed budget and you have to allow for reduced dry matter growth rates. Now, kind of in the similar theme, carrying on with the actual amount of feed on offer to the animal. The second indirect or unwanted issue associated with rusty pastures is of course that because the grass is no longer lush and green and nice, your stock are probably going to be less enthusiastic about eating this rusty grass compared to if it was lovely and green and leafy. So as a result, like your sheep or cattle or deer will go, nah, no thanks, thanks very much. And where possible, they will actively avoid eating that grass when they are grazing. So not only is your rusty grass likely to be growing less overall dry matter, but also the utilisation of the grass, in other words the grass left behind that's not eaten, will be uh, a lot poorer utilisation than if it was nice and green. And as well as that war on the topic of what's good for the animal as far as from a nutrition point of view, often the quality of the grass will be reduced the rust is obviously taking plant nutrients for its own goodness. So the levels of sugar can be uh, slightly lower, the levels of fibre can be slightly higher, and protein levels may be reduced. And one other unwanted sort of byproduct or unwanted consequence associated with rusty grasses is if your animals aren't eating these, they're leaving a lot of wasted grass behind. That thatch of uneaten, rubbish quality, rusty old grass will start to build up at the base of the sward so we'll end up with a lot of dead and decaying material. Now for those of you in the regions of New Zealand or indeed southeastern parts of Australia where you may be prone to facial eczema issues this rusty grass thatch might increase issues with risk of the condition called facial eczema. Now this condition occurs when a specific fungi, completely unrelated to those rust ones we mentioned before, accumulate and grow on that thatch of dead and decaying material at the base of the pasture, and this fungus is called Pithomyces chatarum. This very unwanted fungus produces spores that contain a nasty toxin called sporodesmin, that is responsible for causing potentially extensive uh, and permanent damage to the bile ducts, but also the cells of the liver, the hepatocytes, within the liver of your grazing animal with associated facial eczema, secondary sunburn-type symptoms, but also a lot of reduced liver capacity to do the very important things that your animals need their livers to be doing. Although facial eczema does not occur directly because of rusty grasses, that thatch of uneaten rusty grass can increase the load on which Pithomyces shatarum can grow. What in the short term are we going to do with these rusty pastures? Well, it depends very much on how much rust is present. If you are walking through your paddocks and you can only see perhaps some minor areas of rust, just the odd blade of grass that's got that uh, mottled, weird, orange, rusty discoloration, then actually, do you know what? You're probably okay to keep on grazing, but we may have areas of that paddock where pasture utilisation is reduced as you try to avoid eating the the rusty patches. If, on the other hand, you've got some taller paddocks that are really badly rust-affected, you could potentially consider baling those paddocks as balage and then applying nitrogen, only if the conditions are appropriate for adding nitrogen, such as rain's expected or you can irrigate that, that nitrogen in. Now, with a decent dollop of nitrogen fertiliser and a good drink of water, hopefully those post-mowing areas behind the balage will freshen up and come back nice and green and healthy again like there's no long-lasting effects on your pasture sward. Now as far as that balage that you have cut that's full of rust again it's unlikely to be directly of concern for animal well-being but we're suspecting that it's probably going to be lower quality than a nice green bale of balage. And or the stock may still not be so keen on grazing it, but at least in a bale they won't be quite as able, particularly in the case of cattle, to select out those orangey patches when you feed it back out. So definitely earmark that baleage for a stock class that's got a relatively low requirement for your very top quality baleage. This is certainly down the lesser end of quality in terms of your different types of feed on farm. And now we're finishing up with a final word about taking a longer term view on preventing ongoing challenges with rust in your grasses. Well, if it's drought stress that's brought it on, we can't do a whole lot about that when you've got no irrigation. And if it's drought, clearly you wouldn't have applied nitrogen, so you're not going to apply nitrogen when there's no rain. What about when you're taking an even longer term view again when you are doing regrassing? Now, if you are selecting grass cultivars for your place as part of a mixed sward, do make sure you select New Zealand bred grass genetics. Now, when the PGG rights and seeds breeders particularly are looking at bringing new developmental lines through to market, the breeders will actively select for better tolerance by grasses to New Zealand-specific rust strains Now that's important because apparently the New Zealand rust strains can be different to those overseas. So yeah, it's definitely worthwhile choosing grasses that are bred and trialled locally and proven to have more tolerance to New Zealand strains of rust. And the final word while you are making your... Decisions around regrassing is, of course, to include companion clovers, red and white clovers in with your grasses, because, of course, once those clovers are established and they're up and running and nitrogen fixation is underway, of course, those clovers will be able to deliver your grasses a heap of that free nitrogen to keep those grasses healthier and happier and therefore less vulnerable to rust. Well, that's another bite-sized Room and Room podcast for you. Hope, uh, as always, that this one has helped you to figure out just why on earth your boots turned a rusty orange colour when you were walking across your summer and autumn pastures once again look thanks so much for you listening in joining us again today hope that you can tune in to listen to another of our podcasts again very soon this has been charlotte westwood have an awesome day out and about whatever you're doing and we'll catch up soon cheers